Alright, you're listening to Rick and Night. I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And how do we do Rick and Night here? Well, uh, we each draw a theme from a hat, and then we each bring an album that we think represents this theme. Could be vague, could be, you know, very specific. Um, we show it off to each other, we listen to it, we talk about it, we review it, and yeah, mostly just hang out. That's right. That's how we do it. And, um, <laughs> and uh, how do we, how can you, people want to get hold of us, maybe suggest themes, how can they get a hold of us? Oh, yeah. So if you do have a theme, an idea of what we could talk about that we might not have covered yet, you can reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, we're just Record Night on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to our Instagram, which is Record Night Pod. Or you can just email us old-fashioned way at recordnightpod at gmail.com. Hey, also, we, if you want to be a featured artist, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can send us a theme. Or we can feature you on the show, um, show off some of your music, talk about you a little bit. Um, you can contact us on any of those. But speaking of featured artists, yeah, who's our, fe- our featured artist tonight? Our featured artist this week is Gone Mage. Uh, Gone Mage, like a best way to put it, is like an eight bit black metal band. Um, the, if, yeah, that's that seems pretty. Yeah. Apt. So um, it's uh, based out of Texas. Uh, the um, guy from Karenir, if you guys know Karenir, are they're pretty bitching um, black metal band. He uh, done Gone Mage, and it's sort of like a, like a I guess a, a fractured version of it. Um, it's all based on video games and black metal, and I know so many people probably have bad experiences when it comes to um, metal mixed with the uh, mixed with um, video games. But this shit's badass. I don't want to say too much about it, but you guys can find Gone Mage on Spotify, or you can go to gonemage.pangab.com, and we're gonna play a song. We're gonna play uh, a song called Dust Merchant at the end of the show, and you guys can tell us if you like it. If you don't. I'm almost sure that people who listen to the show will like it, though. I love it. I oh, yeah. It's great. It's, it's, I dug it. Yeah. But uh, that, that's our featured artist, and I think we got all that stuff out of the way. How you doing, pal? I'm doing great. Settling in in my new home in San Diego. Oh, yeah. And do you love it? It's great so far. <laughs> I mean, we've been kind of doing, like, touristy stuff, checking out the, the big places, eating a bunch of new restaurants and food. Do you feel I've like had you live there three yet? Cali burritos yeah. so far. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like you live there yet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we unpacked super quickly. Oh yeah, um, so we you guys said still have boxes that are no. Oh, good times, man. That's yeah, goodness. all un all unpacked, just kind of hanging out. Yeah, I think it feels like we live here. Yeah, I my car stopped working before we moved out here, so I've been without a car, so I haven't really been able to like explore as much as I've been wanting to. Yeah, yeah, and you could take the bus, I suppose. Yeah, maybe I don't know what where the bus routes are around here. As far as I know, when it comes to um public transportation, California, much like the U.S., but a lot of the U.S., is pretty fucking shitty when it comes to it. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to be right next to a light rail thing. They're finishing up building oh, they, the they station. Are doing it. Okay, that's mm-hmm. good news. All right. Yeah, yeah. You know, hold on a second. So that'll, that'll definitely open things up. So I'm sipping on that beer. I'm like, fuck, what, what, something's missing. And wow. Wow. Yeah. But, I forgot. But yeah, it's it's been a month since we recorded about last. And it's, yeah, because I had to get... Some moving done. Shit's been shit's changed since then, for real. Like, like, like. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Big, big lifestyle change over here. It's been pretty much the same. Nice. Yeah. That's a. I don't know. It's a good place to be. Yeah, I'm not, not too worried about it. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, how things are things opening up over there? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's like now that um, you know, vaccinations are going through there. Most places are like, if you are vaccinated, you can come in without a mask. So you've been ma- ma- unmasking it up? 
I've still been masking. There's yeah, yeah. the weird, like, Delta strain going around. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I'm kind of just like, uh, you know what? Yeah. I think I'll still try to keep people protected. Yeah, um, there's not, not I mean, over here, no, like, it's like everyone's like, oh, they said we have to wear, fuck it, everyone's gone. <laughs> so you can't, oh, yeah. You can't really tell who's vaccinated, but there are a few shows I'm going to where the, well, not a few shows, but a few shows I've seen where they won't let you in without a vaccination card. Like, um, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, Dave Bazzani does his house shows, and so they limit those to like 30 people. And to actually get in, you have to show your vaccination card. So I'm not sure who would go sense. to the trouble to make a fake one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a lot, a lot of work to go to instead of just getting the vaccination. Exactly. Uh, but Maybe if it's available, just go get one. Right? What the fuck not? But, man, I uh, think I'm ready to talk uh, about uh, the theme for today. Oh, yeah. Well, this is our 33rd episode. Uh, yeah. And not feels mid- milestone It's not really, but it. It, it, it 33 feels like a milestone. Yeah, we have a few mini episodes. So uh, when I go to like, like, when I have to put it, like, upload it, I have to like look at the, how many mini episodes we have. So I make sure I put the right, like, episode number, or we'll have like 235s. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not that, this is far from professional when people, like, <laughs> I've had people go, hey, you're a professional, but I'm like, nope, we'll slow down. <laughs> like, like, uh, we don't, we don't make any money. Yeah. Not yet. We're not professionals. One day, man. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe one day we'll we'll travel to Germany and all those Germans give us money. What, they use euros there, right? That's euros in Germany. I think so. Yeah. Okay, all right. They'll let us know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Um, so our theme this thirty third episode is wasted potential. Right. I, I think I may have fucked up a little bit and stretched mine just so I could reconcile my feelings about the record I chose. That's all right. I also was reconciling a lot of feelings about the record I chose. And so I feel like I, I did a little selfish because I wanted to be like, am I wrong for feeling the way I do about this record? <laughs> um, I, I had a hard time picking because I, I didn't want to pick something I I wasn't that familiar with, like Vim Cricket Vultures. When we were talking about it, you were saying, you know, super groups or bands that had one good record and then disappeared or... Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I, cho- I I did it is like a band that had a lot of potential but wasted it with a record that went a completely different way than I wanted it to. Which, and again, that could have been like, but that means other people liked it and I didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so this is a pretty personal one. I had a hard time picking it. I went back and forth, but I, I came to with a band called Q and Not You. Are you familiar with Q and Not You? I am not. So they have three records. They're from uh, D.C. and they're... They're on Discord, so like, uh, so the, not the uh, not the group chat service. No, the they're record on label. the record label run by Ian Mackay, my fucking personal hero, and I'm sure you hate me saying that. Not that he listens, <laughs> but uh, Q9U they come out three records. They've been around since uh, well, their first record came out in 2000, so in June of 2000, okay, pre 9/11, I guess. <laughs> oh <laughs> whoa! But they had um, three three records. No Kill, No Beep Beep, which is a great record. It's our debut one. It's the most, I think, that sounds most like Fugazi. Okay. But it's, it's kind of dancey, you know? people Dancey Fugazi. I, I see dance punk, and it just makes me roll my eyes. And then they came out the record. Yeah, because, I mean, I, we can go yeah. off on a dance punk yeah. thing real quick. Oh, yeah, let's um, do it, yeah. I don't know, because it's like, I can't nail down exactly what that means it's like i know it when i hear it Mm -hmm. but if someone would be like yeah describe what that means it's kind of like oh it's like this band and like maybe this band and this band and then you listen to it and you're like 
Well, this isn't super dancey. I don't know why they call it dance <laughs> punk. Then their second record, Different Damage, fantastic record. It came out in 2002. I didn't really listen to it till like 2004. But I, mm-hmm. but I bought it. I played it my I put it in my iPod because that's what I had then, and I played it in my car and everyone in my car liked it. Uh, we all I love Different Damage. I've gotten people ancillarily into it. Like like I've had friends show friends and then friends and then be like, "Thank you for showing my friend that friend." Q <laughs> um, not you. <laughs> I was super excited for Power, which is the record that I brought. Cuba uh, not use power. Yeah, from 2004. I'll go through the, the. We'll talk about more about why I chose it, but I'm going to go through the members real quick. No one you've probably ever heard of, and not since, and not since. Um, but the the uh, members are John Davis, Harris Carr, Christopher Richards, and then uh, after No Kill No Beep Beep, they got rid of one. That guy was Matt Warlick. He was a good bass player, and so when you listen to Different Damage, they just did a trio. And so, okay. And so, with different names, they they have bass play, bass playing on it on a couple of songs. It sounds lame till it's not. Like like they gave them interesting limitations to what they could do. And so, right. And that's why I think different damage is so great. But I brought power. But Q and you, I think I'm gonna go ahead and play the sampler, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk more about it. This can be found on Spotify. It can be found on uh, YouTube. Different. It's Q and not U. Q, which is the word Q, the letter Q and the letter U. And um, we'll talk about uh, power. But here's uh, the sampler. Drink it and sing like 
Sets could not need not use power. Uh, before we start talking about it, I'm going to go ahead and say why this is wasted potential. Yeah, I mentioned I mentioned uh, the two p- previous records. Power is so different, and you know a lot of people are like, "Hey, man, so bands supposed to evolve and change." They took everything I liked about Q9U and they turned it down to one, and then they introduced <laughs> these synths in there. Which, hey, I'm I'm fine with synths, but the I it's it's a weird funky. You and not you that I, they took what I liked about them, and just muted it, and right. I, I know it's hard for people to understand um, when it comes not knowing their previous work, and that's fine. But I want to make sure I want your feelings on it, so I make sure I'm not just looking at through the lens of being a Q and not you fan. Right. So I um, have, have um. I didn't. I I felt like it had moments of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lot of, like, it seems like they influenced a lot of other bands I like. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like I heard bits of, like, the band Bats, who I really like. One of the songs in here just straight up sounded like a Liars song. <laughs> they sounded a lot like Dismemberment Plan. Uh-huh. But I think, overall, I like all of those bands more than I liked this album. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of just, like... God, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it was kind of like talking headsy. Yeah, I got that. In the 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 band broke up after one tour after this. They just ended it, and so mm-hmm. I, I chose it was potential because they had a. If they would have kept on going, I would have heard something different. But you know, this is what they said. They this is what they wanted to say, and they're done. That's why you know you know, they felt like they said everything they had to say as a band, as these four four members had to say. So. Right. So maybe there was no logical place for them to go after power. Maybe. It feels like they could have built on this in an interesting way. Oh, like yeah. It seems, this seems like like a, a the first album from a band that's going to go on to be really cool. Does it seem unfinished to you? That's why I got from it. It does a little bit. Like yeah. it, it feels like there's something in there that's missing. And I I can't quite put my finger on well, what Well, half it the is. songs like, are missing hey, a fucking bass. I can say Maybe that. it's that, but I feel, I don't know, I feel like adding a bass to it wouldn't really, like, add anything to it, mm-hmm. it, but it does feel, like, maybe unfinished, or, like, they haven't, like, sat and ruminated on the ideas long enough to take them in interesting directions, it does or have, something, I don't know, there's, there's something th- about it that just, it didn't quite click with me on all the songs, a couple songs I really liked. You, Which I'll go back and probably listen to their other stuff because it's like I really appreciate the creativity that's on here. I really think, but I'd love to hear it in a different context. I love you. I think you'd really love Different Damage. I really would in their previous record. But mm-hmm. we're not talking about Different Damage. <laughs> we're talking about Power. Talking uh, about Power. Let's do track by track if you want. If we can do that. So yeah, uh, uh, opens with Wonderful People, which for the first thirty seconds sounds like a. I mean, the whole thing kind of sounds like a disco song. Like, when it comes to dance punk, there are a bunch of songs in here that I guess you would fit under dance punk. I'm using quote marks. Cause it's not really punk rock at all. Yeah. There's nothing punk this, about. this was definitely one of the ones I was like, this, sound, this sounds like a talking head song. Yeah. Um, they, they added some synth, which I guess... I can't I can't say that they added synth because I have no context for what the rest of their stuff sounds like. Like I even wrote yep. like I don't know why I expected a punk album. Uh, and I think it's because they're this older is the stuff first time I've ever heard synth on the record uh, on any okay. other record. So I mean, if you if you do hear it, and it's also the first time you hear a false. Yeah, I hear falsetto in Q and I. You 
Because there's okay. tons of falsetto. They maybe should have yeah. worked on their falsetto singing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, people... That's kind of what it feels like. like. It feels like a lot of new ideas that they didn't get good at. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if he really worked to have a good falsetto singing voice, maybe if they learned to do some interesting stuff on the synth. I don't know if they do those, like a lot of those disco-y sounding guitars on the rest of their albums. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but it just sounds like they're they're not quite good at a lot of this stuff like it that maybe that's the issue with it is like they didn't train to do all these like cool new ideas that they had yeah so it just kind of comes off as sloppy yeah i, I uh, it's it's upsetting to me that that uh <laughs> they couldn't do course correction before they ended uh mm-hmm. i mean i talked to a few friends about it when it came out and they're like i love it i'm like really you you like this record uh, okay, so um, I don't. And I want to clarify that that I don't hate it at all. Right. It's just it's just not uh, by the standards of Q and I U. I was let down, kind of like Pixar's new movie Luca. I was uh, I was let down by it. But oh yeah. <laughs> have you seen it? No, not yet. I would. Say, I'm probably still gonna watch it. Yeah, but. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm about music show here, right? So um. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about the weirdest about wonderful people because it, it's I don't feel like they're saying much of anything. <laughs> that's that's kind of another issue I just had across the whole album is I didn't I don't know what to make of the lyrics. We'll yeah. get into like some more specifics later on where I wrote it down, but it's just kind of like it all feels really cryptic. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe just on my few listens, I didn't really think it through enough or have a chance to unlock it or whatever but it's just like i have no idea what this guy's talking about yeah most of the time i'm i'm, I'm the same way especially the next song seven daughters i i do like the end of it where he started we goes to like the firstborn will be like he's all that stuff all the all his seven daughters i like that line uh-huh. but i can't tell you what the rest of it's about no i do like the line we're talking about seven daughters yeah yeah, yeah. um where he said I cannot digest what I ingest ingest. What's he's not saying ingest twice. He's saying like ingest, like eating something yeah. and then ingest like he's joking. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, this song, I think seven daughters might be one of my favorites on it, mostly because it sounds like a liars song. And I really like the band liars. Yeah, it does. It's got this, um, this droney sort of, it's got the, the, the no point does it ever take a break from that, that background buzz. I guess best yeah, which I really like the kind of like interplay between the synth it, and the drums. I can definitely this. hear post punk influence in this one, mm-hmm. um, and um, and it, it doesn't really deviate in structure that much, you know. It, but again, a lot of these songs are devoid of structure, which I'm a fan of. Like you, you don't hear choruses in, in this, you know what I mean? Not really. Or when you do, it it like sh- shows up at a weird point. Like yeah. it's not a lot like an A B A B thing it'll be like we do this thing for a little bit and then we toss a chorus at the end and you're like whoa what <laughs> hold on but that, that when it comes to not having traditional sound song structures that that does harken back to earlier Q&I stuff because I can't I was just thinking of different names just now I can't think of like choruses or verses I just hear a, a song you know what I mean right uh seven dollars is fine it's it's not my favorite track on the record I think my favorite track on the record is actually LAX the next one Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. And I, I think it's because it sounds like a Fugazi song. It's the reason I like it. Because <laughs> the first time you sort of hear some ugly noise, and it's kind of ugly. 
like we were talking about earlier, lyrics that don't make sense. Oh yeah, I had no idea. I tried. I tried. Like, fo- well, I I was also following along, sort of, but I could not understand what the singer was saying. Oh, oh yeah, I was, I was like, the, he didn't say that word, but it's on genius. <laughs> so, <laughs> which uh, we the genius has no insight on this record. There's no people on here. Uh, no insight. It has. Um, Bad transcription of what the lyrics are, and I think it's missing two songs. Oh yeah, it's missing two. So I had to go. To, so I had to go somewhere else. To <laughs> Which find I it. also ran into on my record is oh, one of the songs just wasn't on Genius, and it's like I've in the thirty three episodes we've done this, I've never run into the issue of like a song being missing on a lyric. Oh yeah, uh, on a lyric page, and we had two albums that had missing lyrics on it. Lax mostly because it's um fast and um. I do like um, but like you, like you said, you couldn't understand what he's saying. I I discovered a lot of the lyrics in this record by going through it again. Like like oh, that's what he says. Because I'd uh-huh. be in my car and it's, and I'd still I just do what the words sound like to me, and it's not really words. You know, it's, it's just gibberish. And then you looked it up, and you're like, oh, it is just gibberish. Yeah, yeah. There's a long line. He goes, live, live, life everlasting or eternal relationships or whatever that means. And yeah, whatever the song means. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, but I did hear, uh, this was one of the songs that it's like, okay, like I hear the, the other bands who are labeled under like dance punk or something like that. Like a lot of their music sounds like this song. I don't think it's a very, um, dancey thought song though. If you ask me. Yeah. But dance punk isn't very dancey. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, it's 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 like anxiety. That's where from the yeah. song. <laughs> um, I like the little uh, cowbell flavor on the drums. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the drums. And, uh, uh, I, I want to mention that the the instrumentation in this is not bad. Like you were saying, no, that, it's got great. Yeah, it's, and I have nice things to say about the next one we talk about too. Um, but um, but uh, I also like the little like scat he does at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. Or whatever, whatever he's doing to like wind down singing. Well, was, da, 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 yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's move on to throw back your head, which I had to go somewhere else to find the lyrics for, because it was just straight up missing, like you said. It's a slower song. Yeah, it's a slower song, and it's all falsetto, and there's woodwind in it, which is pretty. Cool. Yeah, like a flute or yeah. a recorder. Uh, I, I made sure to include that in the um. I I made sure to include that in the sample just so if people wanted to you know go Spotify and hear more of that flute you could. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's also got some more kind of like expanded percussion like there's mm-hmm. a lot of claps and shakers and cowbell shows up again. Uh, like, I'm of the opinion that more songs need claps. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Like like you could live in a song just by just a just sit in the middle of it somewhere. Uh, yeah, it, like if you pair a good riff with some claps, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're hitting high peaks. There's a song uh, called "Life and Wind" by Fugazi off the argument, which we talked about. Yeah, and, and the, the in that song they have a just random, and I I really think that 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 makes it even better for me. Like it brings up the song to another level that they added hand claps to it. Honestly, exactly. And then when you see it in concert, whoever's doing whatever can. Like up on oh, stage can get other people to clap, and oh, then yeah. you can participate. And oh, it's great. It's even better when the when the musician doesn't do the thing you're gonna do, but you hear the crowd do it. Mm-hmm. Like, like for example, like uh, 
when I saw Thursday Live, they did a song called How Long Is The Night? And there's some part there where he goes, he just, ah! like, he just, he yelps for no reason. <laughs> he didn't do that live, but I heard the, I heard the crowd do it. <laughs> like, like. The crowd's yelping. Yeah, the crowd yelped in that part where he yelped in the, in the recording, which is fine. And I thought it was, I laughed out loud <laughs> because I wasn't going to yell, <laughs> but he, they did. Uh, but, um, yeah, throw back your head, softer song, slower song. I don't know what else I'm going to say about it. It's because, like I said, it's when the when the when the songs work for me, it's the only time I really want to talk about it. Uh, yeah, this brings us in the wet work, which is probably my second favorite song on the record. This is a pretty good one. It had some cool, like robotic sounding synth. No which new wavy. I, like. I said new wavy for sure. It is pretty new wavy. Yeah. yeah. The original dance punk. Yeah, it, it's got that that sort of organ. Like uh, I don't, I liked it. <laughs> I, I yeah, don't know. This one had um, some just cool. Like the lyrics are like there's. It seems like there's cool ideas in the lyrics. Like they do a lot of like really neat like structuring things. Like Seven Daughters had like counting in it, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. This one has a lot of stuff about like you know stuff being surrounded but also stuff being like different than it appears like this one has like something beautiful will always surround us but it's just too easy to erase There's, this record has a lot to do with like the beauty of life <laughs> i feel like, yeah. like you know and um but I, I i did like i did like sort of playing this the lyrics in my head like sort of not playing in my head but sort of imagining what it could be like for example the first line something beautiful happened at church house but it didn't have to do with god you know I thought that was yeah. A, I really, I like. I really like the lyrics on this song. I don't know what they mean. Yeah, but the, um, they, they 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 did something for, to you and me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, un, you know. So uh, I also like um the last like the last ones where it gets sort of super oblique when it comes to um. The sound was definitely toward the bedroom. It didn't have to do with God. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. Because <laughs> it, it made I sense. I did. It, it made sense like a. Uh, in the first line where it mentions the church house, you know, but I don't, I don't know what does do with deafening God or bombs with the love and the law, but okay. Um, <laughs> but I like this song. What works pretty good. So it's probably my second favorite song on the record. I, I don't have much to say about okay. what work. How about district night prayer? <laughs> do you have much to say about district night prayer? It's the shortest song. The shortest song. It's also <laughs> like a lullaby. And since they're from DC, it's, it's, that's all I got from it, you know, the district. Uh, yeah, and lyric-wise, um, it it does counting, because they're like, what did he say, like 12 songs yeah. about the city? He's along for, yeah. But the cool thing is, every time they do a a number, there's a bell with it, right? Um, yeah. And even if it's, like, not, you, like, they'll wait for the 11, 10, 9, 8, like, even if it's in a different part of the line, they'll wait for the song, for that number word to come up, and they'll hit the bell, which I thought was cool, but also this song's so inconsequential. Like, like it's a weird song. I can't imagine it. Kind of, feel, it definitely feels like a filler track. Yeah, it's like they they came up with this and they're like it'd be cool to put it on the record, right? And they're like, yeah, sure, why not? But it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a real song to me. <laughs> it, it would feel it's like like, um, like an interstitial song, right? That's why I go, I would call it. You know, like yeah, it reminds me of um, going back to our meat and potatoes review. <laughs> Uh, the shellac song, like different number order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where it's like they're just kind of playing something, and then it's Steve Albini going like, "This is how we count now," and then he's just saying random numbers, and it's like a minute long. Yeah, just like a weird 
middle filler song. And maybe uh, maybe it should numbers. maybe we're thinking it's a filler song. This is thirteen tracks, so it's not short. But and even if they let yeah, it I mean this this song is like a minute and fifteen seconds mm-hmm. long. I think anything under a minute and a half, unless the rest of the album is that length of songs, is a filler song. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. But I mean, like a lot of bands will they'll do a, like a like Jeffrey Woods does this every now and again. He'll put a track of just shit that sounds cool to him, and that's the track. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not it's not a song at all. It's just like uh, I recorded uh, rain uh, in Manhattan. I was hitting the, hitting the roof and I made these clanging sounds. So that's a yeah. track of my. Record. I don't. I don't particularly have an issue with filler songs, but mm-hmm. I will call it when I see it. So I do think <laughs> songs they do a good job of kind of like setting a mood or yeah. like getting a point across, but in you know a very short way. But I think filler songs when it comes to that, I think they're songs that wouldn't be played live. That's how I feel about it. You know, like, mm-hmm. but uh, I've never seen Q Not You Live, and I believe me, if if I could, that'd be awesome. Mostly for stuff from the other records, but I'd still expect something from from uh, Power, which brings us into Collect the Diamonds, which is the the song I liked when I first heard it, and now I can't stand it. I could see I could see how it would grow grow tiresome. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was cool. It's got some, they add some piano to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's really repetitive, but yeah. it like builds on itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think by having that repetition in there, it's like the more you listen to it, the more you're just going to be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, please stop. I'm tired. It's definitely um, catchy. It's one of the catchiest songs on the record. Yeah. They add in some, like, backup singers mm-hmm. at the end. that The ending bit is kind of where I imagine, like, what a chorus would be. <laughs> these like, normal song structures. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, they yeah. kind of, they do kind of ride on that chorus for a while at the end. You're like, this it, is is, first, it is repetitive. This record, like this, this song also has like at least amount of synth, but it has piano. You know, like yeah. What the fuck was that? Uh, hold on one second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, my my wife's uh, tel- work telephone just by itself just fucking fell off. It's fine though. It's haunted. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, you know I. I gotta say, I, I've heard sounds just happen in this house. Nothing explicitly haunted, but I'm like, that sounds like footsteps. <laughs> that sort of thing, you know, like... Right. And I look at my dog, who I think would notice things that humans don't see, and he's, he's just sleeping, so... But, real it, quick... It's uh, all those times you've been living deliciously. Must be. Yeah. <laughs> His dad sees my Blake Phillip tattoo... Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, I have to explain to St. Peter when you get up there. <laughs> nah, dude, St. Peter likes the witch. Yeah, he likes the witch. It's a good movie. Um, he was bigger on the Green Knight, but like, I, he thought the witch was good. Do you think you've ever lived in a place that's haunted? Like, do you do you even buy that stuff? Yeah. None of like, I wouldn't mind it because I. But none of none of the places we've lived have been old enough to have something spooky happening in it. As much as I'm not like a believer in that sort of stuff, or we very much of anything supernatural. Those Conjuring movies scare the fuck out of me. Yeah, I mean, I can still be freaked out by, by paranormal stuff, even if I don't believe in it. The new Conjuring, though, is not, not scary at all. And it, moving on. <laughs> not nearly as scary as Fast 9. <sighs> Man. I, <laughs> so, are you going to see Fast 9? Maybe eventually. Yeah, I you're not going to like, go to the theater to see it, right? 
Uh, I might not. I don't know. Oh, Maybe I'll oh, randomly like, bug it. up my butt and be like, I need to go see a movie, and the only person I can go see it see a movie with is like, I only want to see the new Fast and the Furious. It's big and dumb, which is to be expected. Par for the course. Yeah. Did you like Fast 8? Or whatever it's called. I think I've like I've enjoyed watching them. Like, okay. you know, turn your brain off and watch big things blow up and some guy mumble about family and uh, you've seen the memes all over the internet about about Oh yeah. Yeah, and I saw I started seeing them like last night and I'm already tired of them. That's everyone. And by man. the time this episode comes out, they won't even be a meme anymore. Oh uh, no. Well for a while it was it was Brendan Fraser and then it got to the Fast Nine. Uh-huh. But Brendan Fraser's in the movie I just watched, No Sudden Move. Was it good? Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay, moving on. Oh, it's a beautiful beats. Yep. <laughs> was- um, which, when I see a song that's titled Beautiful Beats, I expect there to be a, a lot of, like, percussion yeah. and things like that, and this song delivered. Yeah, that's Which good. I was happy about, because I've seen... Uh, there's a lot of things that I feel like titles of songs really set the the mood... So when I see stuff, it happens a lot in, like, metal bands. Like, mm-hmm. when they end something in, like, Tron, or they start it with, like, Psycho. <laughs> I expect, I, I, for whatever reason, expect it to be, like, a really, like, kick-ass song. Mm-hmm. And ever I think even Megadeth has a song called, like, Psychotron, and it fucking sucks, and I hate it. You know, the, there used to be, a, did you ever watch MTVX? Did you have that channel? Uh, I've probably seen So MTVX was the channel that was on satellite, and it, it, all it showed were videos doesn't exist anymore but in gx it was like late 90s early 2000s and they mm-hmm. always played this made song motorcycle and i well, was maybe like, that's the song i'm thinking and of. the mode and the song suck it fucking sucks like 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 it was this it was this i watched it and i'm like okay i guess i don't like megadeth <laughs> like that's that's i'll uh, keep saying i'm gonna keep trying with megadeth but i'm almost positive they only have one good album right we haven't talked about it yet, have we? We haven't listened to it. No, haven't? not yet. Oh, it's gonna happen sooner. I'm later. waiting for the moment to do uh, to do Rust in Peace. It'll it'll show up at some point. Okay. Um, it almost showed up directly after the last thrash metal album I brought. After <laughs> <laughs> never watched it, and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't submit him to two thrash metal albums in a row. He'd hate me. But I, I mean, I, I love Nightmare Logic. That's a thrash record, right? It's kind. It's like it's heavier. Okay. I don't know. Okay, uh, but beautiful so, yeah, beats. I like beautiful it. beats. It has, uh, a lot of little bits of like percussion and beats, and the uh, drums are always changing. And, and the bass and keyboard trade off in this. Like, like there's actually you hear the bass, you hear the keyboard, and they're separate as if posing the the deep notes or the synthesizer. They actually trade off, and I I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. But again, the lyrics, what the fuck ever. <laughs> like I couldn't even find the lyrics for this one either. Yeah, and it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a cool song. I thought the, um, the I really like when bands kind of switch what the lead instrument is. Mm-hmm. So this one, like the lead instrument is drums. Like the drums are the things that are always changing while the rest of the music is almost serving the the purpose of the drums. It's carrying the beat and the rhythm and all that stuff. So their guitar, guitar player for Glass Jaw, what he used to do, I don't know if he still does it, but he would actually build a riff around the drum beat. Like that would come yeah. first. Which I thought was really cool way to look at it. I, I knew a guy who played guitar who hated that. That was so shitty. I'm like, I'm like, are you looking at drums as like a less important instrument? To me, it's it's just as important as any other um, exactly instrument in the band. 
you know? And if you can, you can follow the drums and do stuff like that, that like, I don't know, building it around the drum beat means that you can almost kind of like create a, a riff in the pocket. It's, it's, yeah, it's uh, a, which is like, that's it, where, that's where you want to be. That's where it sticks in people's heads. And it's the quality. <laughs> I guess yeah, that's what I put exactly. it. I think, I think drummer comes up with something cool. I think you and I'm I mean, gonna I'm gonna hop in on it. Me, me, you may have talked about this. I've I know talked about it in other places, but when it comes to limitations, I think that people find the most creativity creativity when they're limited to something. You know what I mean? Like when they can't do something, they find a real creative way to do something. Uh, exactly. So, like for example, when a filmmaker would make something only in black and white, they're gonna make something that sticks in your mind. Like exactly. So, there you get the most out of it. Yeah. Like that's why. You know, all those, like, video game songs you know, like the Mario Brothers mm-hmm. song yeah. or Tetris or stuff like that. Those are all, they all have, like, a super limited thing that they could do to mm-hmm. make the music on those old systems. So they had to make the most of it. And now they're still things that you can kind of hum and everybody knows it. Like in Gone Mage song. <laughs> yeah. D- D- Dust Mage Mission. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to it. Like, I've listened to the, the Gone Mage record eight or nine times. Like it's great, yeah. It's so they're selling a tape on the Bandcamp, uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't have a tape player. I don't. I don't think I have a CD player anymore either. But it makes me want to buy like a Walkman for like fifteen bucks just so I can say I have this tape. Of, of uh, I've got, I own one tape. I don't have a tape player, but I bought it just for kind of the novelty. What of was it? it? Uh, it's a Terramelos like B sides and remix album. So you want to find a way? Oh, you probably hear it on Spotify, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so and, and I think they did eventually release like a vinyl version of it, but so the Harvey Danger they had their demo tape floating around online, and someone bought it and brought it from tape to um, to you know digital, and you can't find it anywhere else. And I almost bought it, but the dude bought it for like four hundred bucks. And there's no way I'm paying money for something that's about to be on the internet. But I do yeah. remember that the guy set up a GoFundMe to uh, fund the thirty bucks he spent to transfer this tape to digital, and I didn't. I didn't give him any money. <laughs> but I do have the. Damn. I do have the. I do have the copy of the Hard Digital Tape, and it's fucking fantastic. I love it. Nice. <laughs> and no one else is gonna, you know, like it's, in the the site where you're able to find it. It's down. Hard Digital Master Boards, which I was a member of, down. All the. Like I had like all this stuff that's there that was there is no longer available, and I had to go to some trouble to find it. If I did, I'd probably have to email like <laughs> Jeff, the guitar player. Hey man, do you have that KEXP session that you posted? I don't know, twelve years ago on the Hard Danger board. Can you send that to me? My God. <laughs> yeah. I I remember I was I lost it at one point. I had to get all that stuff back, and I begged the members of the board. Do you guys remember this? And one guy was like. I don't remember it all. I'm like, are you fucking with me? Like, you were here. You saw it. <laughs> like, yeah, I saw you comment yeah. on it. It's like, <laughs> I seriously have no coach talking about, but I found it. And moving on to the way, are you a member of any, were you a member of any of those PHPBB boards, like, uh, for bands? Like, uh, I was just part of the Primus message board for a while. Were you, were you like one of those people that had like a thousand posts? Uh, I would check it pretty regularly. I didn't post very often, but it's like I met a couple of the people, and they were pretty cool. Like in um, person? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what well, was mo- not like not like a meetup or a date or anything. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like 
hey, I live in Fort Collins and I'm going to a concert in Boulder. It's like, cool, I'll be there too. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I think I bought a Les Claypool ticket off of one of them. So uh, I'm going to tell a story. I don't know if my wife will. She don't listen. I'll tell her. So <laughs> she used to be a member of Neopets. Do you remember Neopets? Uh huh. So she was a she was a big time member. She would she uh, ran a whole page about Harry Potter and Neopets, like on the Neopets site. And right before she uh, right when she graduated college, she decided she was going to go on a trip with a few of her. Neopets friends she's never met. So they got together, and it turns out they all hate each other. <laughs> like, like, like. She tells God. me the story about the shit that happened, and I'm, this is where I'm not going to talk about it. But, but um, it's a crazy story, man. It's, it, and I'll tell you about it off air. But uh, <laughs> but I, when it comes to um, Harvey Danger Messenger Board, I'm a fan. I'm a, I was a guy in that and disappeared. But I met one guy in there, and I don't. I hated him too. So uh-huh. he was just a douche nozzle. I just I didn't like him as a person. I did like his like I didn't like I did like his, his username was his Uncle Granddad. Do you remember Uncle Granddad? It's like a adult swim cartoon. Yeah. I yeah. think it's just a cartoon network show, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I think all my experiences were like it was it was all mostly online and then I think I I stopped going because people were just kind of posting the same thing over mm. and over again. Because mm. it was like it was during this kind of like dry period for Primus and Les Claypool. It's like nobody was producing any music, and the only thing that was moving was like because they had a Primus board, a general board, and then like a like Les Claypool like tertiarily related to <laughs> yeah. Les Claypool board. Um, so there was a lot of like tape trading, which was really cool. So like. I still have a bunch of, uh, like, random Primus concerts. Like, some I went to, I have one that's, like, a full Primus concert where they all played banjos. Oh, interesting. Yeah, all, like, all really nice recordings of it because they do a lot of, like, you know, people would show up and record stuff. Um, But I did kind of start to realize, like, a lot of the same stuff was being posted, but I was also the youngest person there. Like, when I met the dude, like, the guy I bought the ticket from... I think he was very surprised that I was a high school student. Yeah. And, then, and he was like a 40-year-old dude. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to get caught by the police here. <laughs> no, I don't think it was anything like that. Yeah. I think it was more like, oh, God, I have nothing in common with this literal child. One last, <laughs> one last thing I want to say about message boards. So last week, or a couple weeks ago, when I was doing research for this episode, I was trying to find a record by the bundles. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I posted about it on the message board. No one said anything. On the Jeffrey Lewis message board, because Jeffrey Lewis can be awesome. The other people made this record. And I tried to update my profile information, because why not, right? On this old PHP BB message board. Well, this shit's so glitchy, it deactivated my account. Oh, my God. So, I tried I tried everything. I emailed the administrator. He had a Yahoo address, which he doesn't use anymore. I have to, if I want to do this... I had to get a whole new fucking account. I don't think I'm, I'm think I'm just gonna not gonna post on the Chifugu's message board with the thirteen other people that are on there. Yeah. But uh, by the way, that bundle's record. Good luck, man. I have <laughs> it hard to find. Hard to find, and, I, and I'm not sure you'd like it that much. I love it, but right. <laughs> I'm not gonna go to the trouble to pull it off my iPod, by the way, because that's not on my on this computer. 
had to pull up the iPod that's hanging in my car, which is locked because I haven't signed in for such a long time. And it's not on Spotify, which I pay for. You know, but you pay for it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why would you listen to records with dads? Moving on. I'm sorry. To Dine. Uh, <laughs> dine, which is the, the song on this record. It's Yeah, Dine. Uh, it has kind of like a Western vibe to it. It's quiet and subtle. Right? Yep. Um, this was one of the ones that I feel like Genius probably shouldn't have even bothered having the lyrics for. Oh, yeah. The lyrics are way off. Oh, yeah. Missing lines inwards. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one's uh, darker sounding. I like the Western vibe to it. Um, I think this one is my favorite of like the slower songs. Yeah. Uh, it has a line that I really like that's feed this baby another baby. <laughs> which like, it, I love that. Yeah. Which is cool. Which is I mean, it's a it's, very metal line. Yeah, it's for a very metal line for a song that's not very metal. Yeah. Moving on to explanation, this one has. Mm. Oh, you it's pronounced cross pollination. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll go with you on that. I believe you. He says it. He says it in the song. Okay, I, you you hear those people saying, "Well, Xmas Xmen was Christian back in the 1300s." You're like, I get that, but uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, cross pollination. <laughs> he does say it in the song. X X is cross in. Uh... In Japanese. Oh, it is? Yeah, is it, is so it? when you're pressing the X button on your PlayStation, you're actually pressing the cross button. I did not know this. Good thing. Yeah, or if you press What's or if you play the game Tekken X Street Fighter, it's actually Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Oh. Did, did, you, did you have that fighting game? No, I don't really like fighting I, games no, that I'm, much. I'm with you, man. Like, like they're okay. Like, I I play Smash Brothers. Who doesn't, right? But, but... Right. But to me, there's nothing interesting about it enough. Like, I never play a game. I play a game for the story all the time or a quest. And I, I don't really care about going through Ten Fighters to get to Gora or whatever. <laughs> Apparently, the new Mortal Kombat's have a really good story. I just don't care enough to get good at them to get that far. But I do love me some Tekken 2 and Tekken 3. I Me and Leah played a lot of Tekken in Japan. You know, they have those carcades. I'm like, we're in Japan. Why the fuck not? Right, so we, exactly, and we played Tekken, which we played. Nice. At home. <laughs> there were a few games that I was like, "It's in Japanese. It looks really cool. They have like these weird like controls." But this this girl's on. I'm not gonna wait for her to get off and not know how to play. Exactly. But anyway, anyway, uh, so yeah, cross pollination. This one's a little more like punk sounding, but it also has like flute solos. Yeah, like some crazy sort of. There's this uh, Carol clarinet player, I guess, called Jeremiah Zimmerman. <laughs> This guy, I got a quick story about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Me. So uh, I went to, um, I, I went on a road trip with my buddy Jareth. He, he listens to this. Hey, Jareth. I, I think he listens. Hi, Jareth. Yeah. So he is a big fan of this guy, Jeremiah Zimmerman. He is a clarinet player, and he makes noises that people shouldn't make on clarinets. And mm-hmm. that, that's what the woodman in this sound like. Uh, I'm not going to talk shit on it because Jareth is listening, and he's going to call me up. He's going to say you're wrong about Jeremiah Zimmerman. <laughs> so, but w- my wife, I'm, uh, I feel safe saying my wife hated it. On the way home from Reno, we went on this road trip, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and she started playing Jeremiah Zimmerman, and my wife was texting me. He's like, I can't wait to get the fuck out of this car. 
<laughs> We've been in this, in this car for like four days, you know, going from Texas. Man, it's it's bold to put on like, I guess, avant-garde clarinet playing yeah. on a friend's road trip. Like, I feel like the the weirdest I'm getting is like Tame Impala. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not very weird and everyone loves Tame Impala, but I'm not getting weirder than that. Yeah, you don't want to offend the friends in the car with you. Exactly, uh, or drive them crazy enough that we, they just uh, we listen, murder me on a we did dark listen road. To, we did listen to a lot of Ween. Um, Good. Yeah, but we also listened to some what would sound like a field recording of a chain hitting a mountain. That's what it sounded like. Of a what? Chain hitting a mountain. That's what it sounded okay. like. Okay. I, I don't know what it was. I didn't ask. We was also like, I looked over and she was just like rolling her eyes hard. <laughs> but uh, we had a good time that arena. For, for, moving on. It's explanation. Uh, it's the sing the vig- the singing this which is which is bad on purpose, right? Um, it's most reminiscent of the previous releases when it comes to like towards singing or singing. I gotcha. Yeah, and I like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was really crazy. Like specifically, there's a line that's like uh, this building swallows my tongue, which I don't know what that means. But when it's he's cool. just sitting there, just like screaming tongue. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. This line is curving like a question mark. We yeah. uh, lost it when you unleashed infinite passions to roam with no direction and your protection. Yeah. Cool lines in this doesn't mean shit. I'm almost, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's something to them, but I, I'm, I'm kind of not saying that. We move on to Passwords, which is a sleepy song. Yeah, it has cool little, uh, like, loop riff at the beginning of it. It's really um, hard to suss out. out. In, in, the instrumentation in this, it's kind of hard to suss out, and that's the only time I got that in this whole record. I was able to pick out instruments to hear i was like i was i think it's two bass players oh you think so i think there's two basses happening that i mean that doesn't sound like it's not true <laughs> i got that like you. i was listening and i'm like no and le- like it, it's too it's too kind of like all over the place and different for it to be one bass happening but yeah it's cool. make up for no bass player by playing two of them yeah in the last record they they there would be songs with just drum bass and uh I don't want to say, you know, because when I say bass and drum, or drum and bass, people are like, the EDM, like, no, not like that at all. <laughs> not like that at no, all. the instruments. Yeah, the instruments themselves. Uh, passwords is fine. But, yeah, this one's another another pretty cryptic one. My password was a house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. I mean, all if, right. this, if someone said pull a picture password and they just a picture of a house on fire, I'd be like, that's, that's acceptable no matter what the password is. Yeah. yeah, like I think, like I the lyrics are all really cool. It may, maybe they're just surreal. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's not a lot of, um, like overt meaning behind it. Maybe it's more of like a subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, could be. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's that's kind of where my brain's leaning on these. I I want to. I'm gonna allude to the future record we're talking about. They mean about as much as that stuff on there does, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll get into it. Uh, Three of the songs are about the same thing, and yeah. it drives me crazy. Oh, it does? Okay. All right. Um, uh, but yeah, Book of Flags. You got kind of like a uh, another song on here. Uh, got kind of like a jangly guitar, <laughs> uh, some like yelps happening in the vocals. I do like the yelps. I'm, I'm a big fan of the yelping. Me too. I really like, there's a part in the song right after he says, uh, like, calling out all your children, <laughs> yeah. where like, it gets into a really good groove. Oh, yeah. 
And I, I want them to just kind of live in that groove for they, an entire album. They, that was really cool. They don't live in there for an entire album because they... Book of Flags, <laughs> I, I really want to find a meaning in this because... Uh, but I, I couldn't. They mentioned Flags twice. Really? really three, I'm sorry, four times? It's not a very long book. No, it's a very short, very short book of Flags. Um, um, but I do like... They do a lot of stuff with kind of like putting in like random sounds or mm-hmm. random moments of just like stuff happening that I think keeps the song uh, really fresh and interesting. Cause you're kind of like, what are they going to do next? Yeah. I mean, I, I felt that a little bit, but I've, I've, I've listened to the song so many times. I know what they're going to do next. You know what they are. Yeah. yeah. It was my first listen. Yeah. Which brings us to the final song on the record. Tag, 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 which I, I do like the um, call and response in this Me song. Too. Yeah. That was, big... I think this is actually my second favorite on the album. Is it because you knew it was I like the... No. I like <laughs> the guitar riff. <laughs> the parts that I would call the verse, uh, <laughs> I, I like the music in that part. Yeah. Um, And I feel like in this song, kind of every musician really gets to show off. Like, there's bass stuff happening that's really cool. The guitar riff is really cool. The drummer's drumming along. Do you think it's a apt requiem for them? Yeah. Okay, sure. I think it's, I don't know, I think it, it's definitely one of the better songs on the album. Um, and then it, I like the way it ends, where it kind of just slows down and kind of falls apart. Yeah, I did too. I, I, pref- I prefer that happening over, like, a fade-out. Yeah, uh, maybe fade just out, like, yeah. Yeah, I th- fade-outs happen so often, and they're, they're never satisfying. Um, it's like, I'd rather, like, just the musicians kind of like figure out creative ways to stop playing instead of just like continuing to play and just turning it down. Yeah. That's you not use power. Um, my least favorite yeah. of the records. Um, I, I feel, I feel good now that knowing that it didn't fit for me, like it fit for you and me, like it did for everyone else that I knew that it was like, I like power. Yeah. Maybe it's like that Futurama thing. And I'll, I will say this again. But there's that episode where Fry goes into the past, and he meets his grandpa. It it's it, it reminds me of something his grandpa says, but it's like, do you ever feel like you like the new Q&U album because you're supposed to? <laughs> like maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just like, I have to like it because I like Q and not you. If you don't listen to one song by uh, the q and Union, I'm going to send it to you just so you listen to it. And go, yeah, that's pretty good. I'll probably listen to it. Oh, but by the way, so. guys, uh, I implore you with all my heart if you're a, if you like me at all, which is fine if you don't, but if you like me at all, please go to Spotify and listen to Different Damage and then thank me later. I promise. Okay, moving on. You brought what for the theme of Wasted Potential? I brought. Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains, uh, 2004 album, Big Eyeball in the Sky. So explain to me what the fuck that name means. Okay, so, fair warning ahead of time. This is directly related to my favorite band, and it's made up of a lot of my favorite musicians, so I've got a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) I... Before I... I took, like, a whole page of notes Mm -hmm. before I even re-listened to the album. Oh, wow. Just like writing shit down to try to give as much context. I as cannot I could. wait. Tell me. So, 
the let's break it down by section. Colonel Claypool. Let's Claypool. Let's Claypool. I got that part of down. Primus and like a million other side projects, which we will get into. Uh, Colonel Claypool's bucket on guitar. We got Buckethead, it, one of my favorite guitar players. Um, he makes really interesting music um, on his own, mm-hmm. but he was also in Guns N' Roses. Yeah, you guys remember he him was from also the, in, the with Ozzy perform- Osbourne. Oh, sorry. Oh, he's part of he's Ozzy Osbourne's band. Yeah, for a okay. little bit. Okay, kind of his part of GNR um, for a little bit. Yeah, I want to because he, he has, has that. Go ahead. He has that thing where he like people don't understand what he's doing; they just know he's really good at guitar. So when he comes out and does the buckethead thing, they're like, "Well, this is kind of weird." And it's like, "Yeah, did you not like listen to the <laughs> albums at all?" The thing about buckethead is that people only a lot of people only know him as the guitar player for GNR when they did the VMAs, like. In 2006 yeah. or seven, where uh, Axel came out and everyone like, Gene Harbeck, and I didn't give a fuck because I, I don't give a fuck about Guns N' Roses. Me neither. But he was there, and uh, Buckethead was playing guitar instead of Slash. A lot of people said it was that Axel Rose and Guys Who Are Slash instead of GNR. Yeah. He he wrote a decent amount of the songs on uh, Chinese Democracy, oh, I yeah? believe. Okay. He, he, was on the, he was on the album at least once. This um, this is the first record they, like, where we recorded a lot of his stuff. This is the first record I uh, really got exposed to Buckethead to start playing. I have a lot of was kind this of, one? Yeah, and I have a, a lot of kind of things to say about. It. We'll get to it. Though. And then we got Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie. Bernie is Bernie Worrell on keyboards, who was in Parliament. He was in Funkadelic. He was in Parliament and Funkadelic, or Parliament Funkadelic, the band, our uh, music collective. <laughs> Um, cause there's like a million members of parliament funkadelic. Um, there's only, and he, he did some, uh, talking head songs too. The, the song that maybe I uh, thought of when I saw Bernie and listened to this record is that song girl for jet ass and jam, which is the whole lyrics to that song. Shit. goddamn, Get off your ass and jam. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I listened to that song like six times a day. It's great. <laughs> yeah, cause the guitar playing of that song's. Fucking wild too. Moving, moving on. All right, Colonel Claypool's bucket of Bernie brains. You got Brian Brain Mantia on drums. He was in Primus uh, for a little bit, but he's he's kind of more like the session drummer for weird. Oh yeah, people. I guess so. It's way, like, this is the, he's this done is... stuff for Tom Waits. He's done stuff for with Buckethead. He's done stuff with Serge Tankian. He was in that reboot of Guns and Roses. He was on Chinese Democracy. Oh really? As well. I didn't know that part. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sorry, what were you gonna say? This is a very weird record. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously it's a super group. Um sometimes they're called C two B three, which I might refer to them as if I don't want to keep saying Colonel Claypool's bucket of Bernie Brains over and over again. Okay. Um they met at Bonnaroo mm-hmm. originally. Uh when Claypool stepped in, there's another side project that's Buckethead, Bernie, and Brain. Uh, and a bass player, Bill Laswell, who's kind of like this big composer guy. They used to do this kind of like funk metal improv thing, but Bill Laswell couldn't show up to a Bonnaroo performance, so they did like an improv thing with Les Claypool, and he was like, that was fun. Um, So before the album was made, they went on tour, did a pretty short tour, but all of their shows were uh, improvised, 100%. 
So, like, they didn't rehearse ahead of time. They just kind of met up at the venue and were like, all right, let's do it. Let's jam. And then they would do that. So then Big Eyeball in the Sky comes around. They get back together. They're like, let's do an album, which is, like, 50% uh, instrumental, uh, I'm assuming improv. Oh, yeah, fucking like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then 50% tracks with singing that seem very pre-planned. Yeah, so this was during... This was made during, like, a quiet period. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, from Primus? For, for Primus. Okay. So it's like, Primus was on hiatus. I think this was, af- this was after Antipop. So there wasn't anything from Primus between 1999 and 2011. I bet you're losing your mind when they came back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't really like the album they came back with, but, huh? um, I mean, it's, it's still great. It's still Primus. <laughs> um, so... During this time, Claypool was just kind of like, I'm going to do the absolute fucking most I can. Like, I don't know. He he must have just been bursting with, like, creative energy, or maybe he was like, I maybe he felt, like, a little more free to step away from Primus and kind of, like, explore what he wants to do. But he did uh, Sausage. This was a little earlier, but, okay. like, which was the original Primus from, like, the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, he got the original, original members back together, like, before they'd even, from, before they'd even recorded an album. He did a solo album where he played all of his own instruments. He did Oysterhead, which is another super group with Trey Anastasio from Fish and Stuart Copeland from The Police. You would think that you think Oysterhead would be Trey Anastasio and Buckethead because the name itself, Oysterhead, sort of like Fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's not. Okay. <laughs> no, Claypool names a lot of his stuff Head. Okay. Maybe it, he just really said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got really into, like, jam band stuff with... Uh, Les Claypool's Frog Brigade or the Fearless Flying Frog Brigade. Who's in that? So many people. But like a lot of like jam band people. So you got like Skerrick on uh, saxophone. You got Gabby Lala on like sitar and theremin and ukulele. <sighs> Enor on guitar. You got, uh, uh, what's his name? Jay Lane, who is the, one of the new other drummers for Primus on drums and you got Mike Dillon on like just random percussion like marimba and just a bunch of other random things. We I live... saw a lot of Frog Brigade and Fancy Band uh things. So Oscar Paul he's just such a wizard at bass star like like he can do whatever he wants on so to me like like we have someone that good at bass why wouldn't she try if he said like, you want to do something you're like I 100% want to do something with you. Exactly, yeah. Um, he made a movie called Electric Apricot. And? It's good. It's like, what if Spinal Tap was about jam bands? Okay. All right. Cool. I I like it. And he also did the soundtrack for it, obviously. Sure, sure. Um, he wrote a book called South of the Pump House. Also very good. Okay. Um, he, yeah, he did Fancy Band, which was kind of like, what if I took the jam band people and then just made a solo album? Okay. It's it's interesting. I like okay. it. And then uh, he did the Claypool Lennon Delirium with uh, one of John Lennon's kids. Oh yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. it's pretty good. I've been listening to him a little bit lately. Listen, re-listening to Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains really put me back in like a I'm gonna listen to Les Claypool's solo album <laughs> territory. Yeah. Um. So I've been listening to a lot lately. Um. So yeah, that's kind of what he was doing. Um. And I think we should listen to the sampler, and then we can kind of talk about a little more, you know, 
the music, the the individual tracks, but really kind of why I feel this is a wasted there's wasted potential here. So say the name again and the name of the record? Uh this is Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains, uh with big eyeball in the sky. Alright, here we go. <laughs> So that was big eyeball in the sky. Yeah, man, it was. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear what your thoughts on this before I say anything. Yeah, I think this kind of really this album and uh, there's a lot of other albums out there, but they really solidify that like super groups aren't really things to be excited for. <laughs> they something's got to give somewhere in supergroups and i feel like this is kind of like the perfect example of that like yeah. i don't i don't think the album's necessarily bad no it's not at all but it's definitely less than the sum of its parts it's like you have somebody who's considered by a lot of people to be the best bass player you have who i think is the best guitar player you have a guy who's been playing improv music and who has been one of the like most important 
uh, keyboard players that ever existed. And then you have a drummer who's played with like everybody, including people in this band in a way that like they should have amazing chemistry and stuff. And a lot of the improv things kind of seem like Buckethead doesn't really know where he fits in there. So he's not playing anything like super interesting. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'll give a little like squeal. Like it, a lot of the improv stuff on here, like literally just sounds like somebody going on stage and like fumbling their way through an improv thing. And then the pre recorded, or not the pre recorded, like the pre written stuff is it's all kind of lame. Like the, the opening track is Buckethead, which is about like Buckethead's backstory and mythology. Yeah. I... That Buckethead already did on one of his albums that he did with Les Claypool <laughs> and Brain, did it already, and he. They did it less interesting here. He like, he's told it across multiple albums, and it I don't, it it's like, hey, this has already been treaded. So they wrote three songs about George W. Bush. So Buckethead, what I got from this is he saved the world with the power of rock. Is that what I'm getting? Kind of like his whole. That's kind of how like I guess through Les Claypool's eyes is what it is. But the whole thing was like less or not less. Buckethead was raised in a chicken coop by chickens. Uh, like, okay. it's a whole, like, it's a whole weird thing. Um, do you feel like yeah, the Buckhead's just, Buckhead's really good at guitar, like amazing at guitar, and that's evident in this record, but do you think that he may regret wearing the Buckhead on his head? Oh, God, no. Oh. He, he's been doing it forever. Like, okay. he will not stop doing it. Okay, fair enough. No, I, I think that's, that's one thing he's really happy he's done. He's hit the Buckhead on anonymous. He gets to kind of... He gets to kind of do whatever he wants. Yes, um, very few people recognize Buckhead without the bucket on his head, right? Exactly. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. so I think that's just kind of kind of my issue with it is, like, I feel like I get Claypool's, Les Claypool's voice out of this. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, like, I feel like I'm not hearing what Buckethead would add to it. It's like, I go to Buckethead for a specific kind of music or a specific, I guess this is the way I would approach a... A super group is like I go to Claypool for a specific kind of thing, and mm-hmm. he does it on this album. Yeah, I go to Buckethead for a specific kind of thing. He doesn't really get to do it on this album. He gets to s- solo a little bit, but it's like he's not a great like improviser when like yeah. the main part of a song's happening. We'd be he needs to solo. Send me he can... like a Buckethead like record to listen to. Of course. Okay, but after the podcast, please do that to me. I'll. Oh. He has so many. Okay, <laughs> Chris, right. I shit you not. He released 200 albums in 2018. Oh my god! All right, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> I'll try to figure. I'll try to figure out. Uh, okay. I mean, I have my favorites. Um, we'll see. We'll see how you feel about them. But it's like I'll I'll send you one of them. Okay. Um, Bernie Worrell kind of like does his thing, and I feel like him being there does kind of like add like a funk layer to the album. Yeah. That probably wouldn't have been present before. Mm-hmm. And it's then Brain is just kind of there it's very funky like the circus very yeah. funky i i just don't maybe the, i just don't feel like this is the the voice or the style or the the outcome that i would have expected from it and so, i i wish they would have either leaned all the way into like doing an improv album or they would have leaned all the way into doing a pre-written one uh but because they went 50 50 i feel like both of them are half-baked because I feel like out of this, we get one good jam, and we get one, like, really, really good song. 
but other than that, it's like everything else kind of seems half-baked or not quite as good as it could be. I'm really interested to hear what you think is a good jam and a really good song. Because I yeah. have my own thoughts. Uh, but <laughs> this is... You, do you think they'll do anything else? I, it's been since 2004 and Bernie Worrell died. Oh, so no. <laughs> okay. So probably not. Okay. Um, do you want to just get into the record and go by track by track now? Yeah, for sure. So it opens with the track Buckethead, which we've already kind of mentioned. It's like a Buckethead biography song. I think Les Claypool is just really enamored with like this whole like persona and mythology that Buckethead has created around himself. Like I am, I think it's great too, but this will be at this point, the second song he's done with Buckethead and brain about Buckethead's life. It starts out really pre 20th century when it comes to sound like circus, like a organ, you know? Oh yeah. And, and the thing that the last couple does with his voice, is sort of like circus bravado. You know, like, like, yeah, he does kind of, he takes on kind of like carnival barker yeah. things on a lot of stuff. Uh, the also like opening organy bit is very ballparky. Yeah, it does. But it does stop around the one minute, 40 second mark where it switches over to, uh, I don't want to say traditional song because there's no traditional song on this whole record, Mm-mm. but it, it changes. And, um, I, I do like the part that he talks, it sort of sounds like that. Buckhead's destroying fun haters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's what I got from it. But um, I, first of all, I want to say I, I half like this record because there's a lot of that I didn't like. Um, yeah, and that's kind of how I feel. Like, this has been, I mean, since I, I'm approaching this, I listen to this in, like, the smack dab middle of me being obsessed with Primus, obsessed yeah. with Les Claypool, like, dude could do no wrong. <laughs> This one is probably my least listened to of the uh, like Les Claypool spinoff ones. Do you have it? You own it? Yeah, I own I own yeah. all of this okay. stuff. Okay. Um, okay. You're like, why is that even a question? Of course, I own it. Yeah, I own it. Um, and it was like it was kind of one of those things that I, I re-listening to it now and really kind of like evaluating my feelings on it. It was probably one of those ones I've been lying to myself about for oh, yeah. like a really long time, being like, oh no, I do really like that one. It's really good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, listening to it again is like, I still do like find things I like, but it's like now I'm more so kind of coming to terms with like, eh, this is probably why I didn't listen to this one very much is like, it has these big names. So I feel bad saying I don't like it, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's just not up to par. It's not, they, they wasted what they could have done. It is. And this is the first, like right out the gate, you realize this is a really funk record. It's a funk record. Like, like. That's what yeah. I got from it. I mean, which I I mean I like funk. I I don't know. There there's something about it. That something's not clicking with me. One things that of the things I was always really disappointed about, especially with this song, is it is a song about Buckethead that for ninety percent of the song is light on Buckethead. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem, uh, and it kind of comes up across a lot of Les Claypool's discography is like he's a really good bass player, but guitar players have no idea what to do with him. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff is like this guitar kind of playing second banana to what the bass is doing. And it's like, when you have somebody who can like rip as consistently as Buckethead and he's kind of relegated to like, you know, baseline happens and then he's like, squeal deep. <laughs> and then baseline happens. He's like, Bat. yeah, it's like, he's not showing off anything. He's just kind of like, I don't know what to do with my hands is what it comes off as. But this is definitely one of the pre-planned songs, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
which is even more disappointing is they had time to plan it out and he's not even really doing anything yeah, until the solo comes up and then the the solo will deflate all of your cynicism about Buckethead. Yeah, he's he's amazing. It, it's it's a really really good solo. I do I have a story from high school where uh I was talking to a kid who was taking like guitar lessons and I was like, "Oh, you like guitar? You should check out uh Buckethead." And he was like, "Oh, my guitar instructor said Buckethead's really bad." And I was like, well, one, he's a fucking idiot, but <laughs> two, listen to this song and tell me hey, this is bad, and this is what I showed him, and he mm. was like, I think my guitar instructor might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the song Buckethead, and then you get into Thai Noodles. Which is a very less playful song. It is. He he likes to do this thing where he like writes songs about characters, um, but this is this one. one of those. Yeah, I cannot pin down like what or who or what old slick is supposed to be. I get he's kind of just like some weird enigmatic guy who like I I imagine as being like some dude who looks like a like a lounge singer. I feel like he. But, I think and he's apparently beautiful. He's beautiful. He's smooth, and he loves eating noodles. Yeah, I mean, Thai noodles are good. I'm not going to say they aren't. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've had Pad Thai enough to tell you, and Drunken Noodles enough to tell you, they're the shit. <laughs> they really are. Yeah, I don't know. It's There's something about this where, like, I feel like Claypool, when he's writing about characters, like, he's doing some sort of, like, exploration into the, the character. They have like, Old Slick, and they had mentioned Billy twice in this whole record. I want to mention that. Uh-huh. Yeah, Billy's not in this song, but he shows up later twice in two different songs. And I'm wondering if Billy it's the is. same Billy. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's it's just weird. Like, I, he, it's like he's not saying anything. Like, he's just like, I need to come up with lyrics, so I talk about this dude old, old Slick. I do want to say that after listening to this song, I feel like I've met Old Slick. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's slicker than alligator shit. Yeah, yeah, apparently. He's lightning quick. He's sl- he's a ask all the girls in town and man they say he's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do get like a little like interesting, uh, like angular buckethead riff yeah. near the end of the song. Yeah, but yeah, I I do not like this song. It's a silly I've never, song. I never even lied to myself about liking Thai noodles. I okay. hate this song. Okay. It's it's not good. Um, I uh, then you get the tyranny of the hunt. Yeah. Uh, uh, which was definitely my one of my more favorite ones earlier on, but it's it's a pre-written one. Um, this is the one where I actually wrote down "shit, goddamn, get off your ass and jam." I actually wrote that down on my notes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this one is also pre-written. But he talks about stuff like uh, he talks about uh, I got a lot of cocaine out of this song. For example, he talks about um. Injecting cocaine to his dick, and then it falls off. Before. Yeah, I wonder if as like a like a form of uh, like a Viagra type thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But like getting it up because he's showing his girl a trick. His pecker floating to the top. Did it fall off or what? Yeah, it did. Okay, because it got gangrene and yeah. fell off his body. Yeah, his wanger. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on this this track specifically. Um, about I don't know, maybe chasing new highs. Things yeah. like that. Yeah, it's not a bad song. It's just, it's, but it's not. Uh, 
I, I, mean, I, I really like the jammy bits on this track. Mm -hmm. uh, the little, like, kind of opening guitar riff is pretty good. Yeah, he has a few songs where it's it could be jamming, could be, but part mm -hmm. of it. But um, yeah, this song is it's it's. <laughs> so I've listened to this record maybe six times, just to uh -huh. prepare for this, and it's the one that I have the hardest time pinning down in my head. Except for the tear in the hump part, like, like the yeah, where he's singing in yeah. falsetto. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Which oh, I, here it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm honestly doing the same thing right now because I, I'm trying to remember what the song sounds like in my head, but I'm doing, uh, 48 hours to go, <laughs> or no, Junior. I've got, oh. I'm doing Junior, but that's not it. Yeah, we don't get to Junior till later, but um, and then. From there, we get on to the longest track on the album, which is Elephant Ghost. Which, half, that's, half of it's my favorite song on the record. I This is one of the ones that I think, this is the one good jam song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is it. I think this is it, which I, like, I actually, I slept on Elephant Ghost until I decided this was the album to do. Is I always skipped Elephant Ghost. I'm like, I don't want to listen to a fucking 10 minute long song with... No singing and nobody's really like ripping and it's like as my tastes have changed, it's kind of just like oh no, Elephant Ghost fucking rules. Yeah, I like it. It's almost like a reggae dub kind of song. And they follow a loose structure, which is they basically follow whatever Les does <laughs> at, uh -huh. at a point, you know. And um, it starts out slow, but it turns into wild everything. You know what I mean? Like, like I, which I love. Yeah. yeah, I think I put it in the sampler. Like near the end, everybody's kind of doing something cool, and it's like, oh, cool. Like, because early on they're just kind of taking turns. Like, okay, this is Buckethead's part. Like, play around with the melody, and then Bernie comes in and he's playing around in the melody, and then the drums kind of get a little crazier, and then they all just come back into it. Crazy it culminates things. like to with the dissonance at like seven minutes and thirty seconds, like like seven and a half minutes. That's when they're all doing their fucking distance, and they pull back together. I'm like, oh my god. Like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's it's too yeah, So I, I think that's one of the more disappointing things with this album, is like there. I think there are two tracks on here that are like, okay, this is this is their potential. This is what they could have done yeah. with this album, and yeah. then they don't. Which I mean, Simmons song is hard to talk about it with, with because it's an instrumental song. We we've. Had issues talking about post rocker instrumental, but this, uh, I really think that Elephant uh, Ghost is probably my favorite song on the record. I gotta be honest. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I I think I'm inclined to agree with you. They also do this kind of really cool thing where uh, Les Claypool records this. Uh, it's a loop on a, it sounds like a stand up bass. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like what I imagine an elephant ghost would sound like. And it, it kind of peeks in through the mix every so often like they'll be jamming and all of a sudden you hear this kind of you know screechy elephant ghost sound <laughs> and it's like oh hell yeah it's back moving for to hip shot from the slab this has lyrics but it's mostly a jam song i'm gonna say right yeah i think i'm imagining this one started off as like a jam track and then they're like nah, no nah, no nah, we need we need something on there what you gonna do about it huh <laughs> yeah and that's it yeah. What you gonna do about it? Yeah, I mean... What you gonna do about it, huh? And I got, like, a very nice Claypool, like, that's him obviously saying it and doing a funny voice. Yeah. It's not my favorite song on the record by a long shot. I, I, I also do not like this track. 
There's lots it's, of ugly sound, but that's not my thing. <laughs> you know, like yeah, ugly sounds. We talk about the beautiful ugly sound, but ugly sounds in here aren't my aren't my jam in the song. Yeah, I I don't know. It's kind of obnoxious and a little jarring after like Elephant Ghost because I feel like Elephant Ghost. You kind of like it's like a relaxed kind of chill out song, mm-hmm. and then you get this one that like I don't know. I want. I'm curious if he's like. Try making like a commentary on like macho energy or something like that. Just <laughs> yeah. like some dude who's always ready to fight. Like, come on, what you gonna do about it? Yeah. It's got like a little guest spot from Gabby Lala. Mm-hmm. It's like the girl singing on this track, just ba ba da ba 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 yeah ba da. Um, I mean that's that's really it. It's yeah. the guitar and keyboard mostly just kind of make screechy noises. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. It's not a good song. I mean, I'm going to say it's not a good song. I don't like this song. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we should say. And then we get into Junior, I wrote uh, down, which is the. Yiggity do, yiggity do, yeehaw. Like, the, there's words to this, but uh, I don't know if you can find them. I just. You can't. I did have to eventually, like, check other places. Uh, this is the first of three songs that are about George Bush. Oh, Junior? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um,. So, it's the lyrics kind of have. So they're saying, "Look at him go." Oh yeah, okay. Look at him go. Look at him go. Yeah. Look at him go. Yeehaw! Like, yeah. almost Cowboy like President. people are. Yeah. Yeah, which does kind of make sense as someone who lived through both those presidencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, there was kind of this vibe of just like standing back and watching this fucking crazy guy be crazy and yeah. like almost being amused with it like oh, this dumbass is in charge of our country isn't that funny i was a uh, 18 when his second um term was up and i could vote uh uh-huh. between him and john Kerry. of course i went with john Kerry. yeah but uh ugh, yeah i fucking like, i didn't <laughs> think i could hate anyone more than bush until trump came around right <laughs> yeah so yeah, we see a one term, but uh, yeah. Um, so the lyrics in this kind of have this weird cadence or something. Like I feel like it doesn't quite match the music. Like mm-hmm. the number of syllables don't fit in what's happening in the line, so it just kind of sounds like Claypool talking over it. Yeah, it's it's it's. There's also of... a verse that's just in like a British accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said good look at the ciphering because it's very low in the mix what he's saying. I, I mm-hmm. feel like if I. Given the chance and listening to it over and over again, I could maybe do it, but I... Well, if you do give it a chance, he'll reach down in your pants and give you some greasy old romance. Great. Okay. All right. That's one of the lyrics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like the majority of this song. It has kind of like a little, like the last minute of it has a little jam that yeah. they do, and that's the best part. Move on to Scott Taylor, which is another jam song. Uh, yeah, uh, which... But this, this think... one actually is the one where I feel like they gave Bernie... He, uh, they gave Bernie like free reign in this. Like, I wish I, I wish it was a more interesting song because it's about six minutes long. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the same one minute of music repeated over and over again for oh, six yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because they kind of do this thing. Um, uh, it's I like the opening where it's like uh, Bernie kind of starts playing on the uh, the keyboard and like mm-hmm. it seems like someone's trying to talk to him. Yeah, you can hear it in the mix. Somebody's like, wait, wait, yeah, but. 
And then he's just kind of like, fuck you, I'm playing. And, yeah. I don't know. I like I like hearing like little like studio things happening yeah. in stuff. But yeah, it's it's one of the more instrumental jammy songs. But yeah, they just kind of do the same thing over and over again. You got the main riff, and then they do this like little like bounce, bounce, bounce. We and they pick up the speed and then it and then they start over and it's like they do that six times and it's like yeah this was cool the first three I was showing a few of my songs to my brother and he's like is this what this record is I'm like hold on we just skipped to the song yeah yeah there's a lot a lot of this he's like are you getting mad at Ryan for showing this I'm like no I'm not going to because we kind of you know it turns out we sort of feel the same way about. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the main riff on this song and the, the part where it kind of like stops and starts the down, 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 mm-hmm. that gets stuck in my head. Like, I think the minute of music that they have here is really good, but I think it's a little just too repetitive for me. You don't want to know my favorite structure song this record is? What's that? The big eyeball in the sky. Oh, the next track. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the best segue I'm going to get. Is that your favorite um, structured song? It is not. Oh, okay. It's up there, though. Like, okay. I think it's pretty good. They get they get close on this one. That's it, This one has some, you know, pretty clear lyrics on it. He's trying to, you know, do some commentary about this kind of, like, panopticon of mass culture. Believing in the lie? Yeah, kind of, you know, believing in social media and advertisements and what you see on TV, um... Of just like, you know, there's something always watching you that's judging you. And it's like, no, it doesn't actually exist. And that's um, Billy's in this song. Billy's in this song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, really watched himself, though. Yeah. I think it, Billy must be sort of like the the everyman okay. in, uh, in like Les Claypool's okay. mind. Where he's like, he doesn't want to say you, but he'll be like, yeah, Billy. Yeah, Billy, Billy watches what you're saying. Billy over there and Susie over there and... Yeah, Graham over there. Do. <laughs> uh, um, I do think this is one of the better songs in the album. Mm-hmm. I like this one. I think it's a. It, it, I another thing that really bugs me uh, is when a bad song is the title track of an album. <laughs> I think this is actually good enough to be the title track of the album. Yeah, yeah, that's a great category, by the way. <laughs> bad title tracks. Yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah, maybe we'll have to add it to the hat. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I like this one. It's kind of, it's structured in like almost three separate stories about mm-hmm. kind of people dealing with, uh, popular, like basically being victims of popular culture. So I, I was wondering when it comes to like songs about George Bush, which is, this one's obviously about that. Do you feel like it's outdated? It does date an album. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it maybe. This this one's fine because I feel like the the commentary is like vague enough, Broad enough that yeah. like it can it can still apply. But there are uh, songs on here where it's like the I mean it doesn't apply anymore. Like you get really good punk music like Dead Kennedys and stuff like that mm-hmm. that mention people by name. Yeah, but the like broader implications of what they're saying are also brought up in the song that like it's not just like yeah Diane Feinstein's bad yeah it's you know there there's more to it than that my favorite but his song is called let's not share ourselves and he mentions things like cowboy presidents and how the news is lying to us and i'm like uh-huh and i'm like okay that's obviously like wartime uh it's and we're really right now i feel like 
I mean, that's all we've got. You know, like it's right. it's sort of uh, weird to hear. But um, do you want to move on to Jackalope? Sure. Loose structure. It's another another jammy song. Yeah, but I feel like it's a, a loose structure. But everyone's given a little wiggle room. Like I feel like exactly. there's, there's a main through line, but there it's just it's wiggle wiggly. I, I think I think this is the worst jam song. One hundred percent. It's all kind of based around this like weird floppy fretless bass riff. <laughs> uh, it gets it gets jazzy. Yeah, I think a little jazzy for a sec. Um, but I, unlike Scott Taylor, like I don't find any of the parts in this particularly interesting. Like mm. none of it gets stuck in my head. No, no. It's, um, it's and yeah. then it does it does the the unforgivable sin the mortal sin of fading out at the end oh no oh yeah they, i noticed that too like like they the, ran out of ideas like, yeah. like just end it yeah. Just you don't even need to be creative you guys are jamming just like stop playing like, yeah. don't just slowly turn it down yeah which is it feels like they they they, they just recorded and they're like oh this can be a track this part of it of where jam yeah. session was um we can move on to this to 48 hours ago which i'm guessing is your best your favorite uh favorite uh, structured song nope nope um this is the second, I think this is the, uh, yeah, this is the second Bush song. Yeah. Uh, second I wrote, George Bush song. I wrote 40 hours ago. I said, uh, I said, not a Ramones pun. No. <laughs> <laughs> they got this, uh, they like a weird pun in here about Saddam Hussein, like yeah. sodomizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, sure. But I think this song is kind of indicative of a problem on the album where the band builds to something and then they let the air out of whatever groove they have. I think I heard that when I heard to get into it. There's a dog howling in this somewhere, right? Oh, maybe (laughs) I don't probably (laughs) there's a lot of weird noises going on on this album. The one thing I do like about this, this song though is the keyboard gets fucking insane. Oh yeah. 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 So I was like, Bernie's showing up again, like fucking, fucking crazy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish everyone was kind of given free, more free reign or mm-hmm. tried to show off a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is dog howling in it because there's a part where Les Claypool gets really close to the microphone and starts to talk to you like a dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like the song is really kind of like jumbled and unfocused. And yeah, every time they start to get close to like building up to a really cool, like, groove or jam, they're just kind of like, ah, no, let's stop. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, ah, you were so close to getting into it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say about 40 hours ago. Like, I... I don't either. It's, again, it's another another George Bush song, and it's kind of just like, I don't... I really don't care. Okay. Do you want to move into Ignorance is Bliss, which I'm guessing is your favorite structured song? This is. Um... I wrote, the first thing that I wrote about this go ominous and killer. Like I like this song a lot. I do too. Yeah, like yeah. it starts off ominous, starts off with kind of like that that stand up bass going has this really cool thing. It gets really kind of like mili- militaristic on the drums. Does it sound kind of like painted black to you? Oh yeah, it's got I mean, a bit of that in there. Yeah, yeah, I got that like near the end. Like them, like, yeah, they're playing off that riff. But to me, this is a song that has the biggest. It's the most coherent statement. Like political statement in the whole record, exactly. Yeah, and it, it does have a reference to George Bush in it, but it does again draw it into kind of the the larger picture of 
you know, talking yeah. about being ignorant about things, mm-hmm. um, which is where I feel like the rest of the lyrics needed to go if they wanted to comment on it. I do um, like that. Like I heard they called our lady Liberty a greasy little whore. Like I like yeah. that 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 the whole verse right there. I'm down to I'm down with it because Billy Billy's watching out the war, so um, yeah. So yeah, you know Billy was just fucking up before, but now he's in off the war. But I, the music in this is fine, but I I think the star of this song are the lyrics, which is not what I expected. Yeah, I think the lyrics on this one are especially good. I really like the music on this one. Yeah. I think it. It's one of the ones that like really, really like gets going, yeah. Um, and it stays going, and it's also just a really good. Uh, it's a good closing song. Oh yeah, yeah. After like it's it it probably rocks the hardest, uh-huh. and it ends on just like a crazy, crazy good guitar solo, and oh, then yeah. you know yeah. fades out I, I on the stand up bass I said, again. I like, did write down Buckhead's fucking killer. <laughs> like like yeah, he ri- he rips on this one. It's either between this and the opening Buckethead song. Like they both just have really, really, really good guitar solos. And that's the one that this song actually is like yeah, Buckhead's amazing guitar player. <laughs> like this, oh, yeah. this is the song that that uh, confirmed it after listening to the record. Six times I'm like, okay, yeah, Buckhead's amazing. So yeah, I'll have to I'll have to show you some of his solo stuff. Please do. Uh, at some point. Um, but yeah, I feel like out of however many tracks they had on this, they really only knocked it out of the park with Elephant Ghost and Ignorance Is Bliss. Mm-hmm. Like they get they get pretty close with Big Eyeball in the Sky. Um, but yeah, it's they had so it's like they have the skill and the ability yeah. to you. you elevate this above where it's at and it, it it's a lot of it seems a little like lazy it seems like there are a lot of like throwaway lyrics or throwaway jams like it i don't know there was no pressure for them to really put an album out they said they just got together to do one and it was kind of just like uh i feel yeah, like sure. Les Claypool does a bunch of stuff where you're just like oh what's the why not <laughs> like like looking at yeah. spotify the amount of shit he has i'm like god he's just doing everything i th- i think he's willing to kind of try anything yeah and I think I think the thought behind this album is really good. Like, we're gonna get together with the best musicians I know and make a improv band where we all improv and play off each other. And it, you would hope it would work out, but it it, it doesn't fully, which so, is kind of a bummer. I do mention that the funniest thing is that I was looking at the track listing and runtimes. I'm like, God damn it! Uh, I thought that some of these songs were gonna be a chore, you know. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, the longest song ended up being one of my favorites, so I was, I was pretty yeah. happy about that, you know? <laughs> I was, too. Yeah. But, uh, hey, man. But that was, yeah, that was Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains. And so it's a lower echelon of Claypool stuff that you've explored? Yeah, like, I don't know if it's his worst solo project, but it's certainly not close to his best one. Which... I guess if you were going to seek out his best one, probably Purple Onion. Okay. Um, it's his first by the Frog Brigade. Uh, it's more of like his kind of like jam bandy one. Mm. Um, it's got good bass playing. It, but it does kind of let everybody. It gives everyone like room to breathe. Like he's really good at playing around with the other band members he brings into the band. Yeah, with this one, it was hard. I, I felt like they no. Like I felt like people were trying to overtake each other. You know what I mean? Like especially Bernie yeah. who was just going nuts, which I appreciate Bernie going nuts, but I. Would have liked more of everyone else. Yeah, I, I really... F- my biggest disappointment on this one is, like, I feel like Buckethead takes a backseat until it's time for him to solo. Yeah. Like, 
he's just in the background just kind of making like playing like single notes or a quick little run but it's like he's never the focus like i never felt like he wrote any of the songs he just yeah. he was there supporting the songs okay uh so that's 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 kind of Claypool's bucket of brain brains if you want to listen to it that's why if i at least listen to the two tracks and there's bliss and uh how am i blanking one second Elephant Ghost. Elephant Ghost, yeah. We'll check those two out if you listen to anything. But I think it's time to actually draw our new theme for the next, next episode. I'm ready. All right, I got the bag right here. And what do we got here? Uh, Desert Island Records. Desert Island yeah, this, Records. This is going to be a multi. This one will show up probably more than a few times. But um, this one, I'm going to have a hard time with this. I have like so many. You know? I do too, and yeah. it's with a lot of like desert island stuff. It's it's hard because I don't know. Maybe I overthink it. Like a lot of people would pick, like, oh, I'm gonna pick my favorite thing. No, it's not gonna be that, right? But it it, it could be, yeah. Because I can still listen to my favorite album over and over again. But it might also be just like what I think has the most legs, or what might it, what something that has you know multiple layers I can unlock and enjoy. Yeah, well, you, yeah. So I, I'm gonna pick a record. I don't think that by band I haven't done before. I got to. I've been trying to do that. Um, bands I, I always try to do that, but I also want to stay true to yeah. what my actual picks would. be. I think I think we've done Mastodon twice. I've done No Effects twice. Have we done Mastodon twice? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm really excited to do this one. Honestly. Uh, Me I'll, too. I'm gonna probably spend a couple, maybe five or six days figuring out what I want to do. Then I'll message you. We'll see the next time. Yeah, I'm gonna stare at my record collection and be like, "Which one is yeah. it?" Oh, wrong one. <laughs> we got. Let's get going, pal. Um. Well, me and a friend of mine are a, in a band called Smell, mm-hmm. and we actually do the music for this podcast. Uh, so if you like our intro or you like our outro, um, feel free to find us on Bandcamp. Uh, it's smell.bandcamp.com. Uh, both albums are free. Uh, feel free to download them, and I hope you like them. Yeah, Chris, what do you got going on? I do a podcast called Movies Don't Suck, and some that do. Uh, we do two new movies a week, and that's been pretty consistent since everything. And uh, movies are coming out so fast, dude. Like, like I can't keep up now. But for a while, you oh know, yeah, it's all it's all like post. Pandemic, yeah, they're, they're just, just falling like, oh, out. Shit, time. Yeah, so I'm me and Neil are gonna be missing a lot of stuff, but we're trying to set this up the most interest us, which is great because for a while we we're just picking stuff. <laughs> yeah, know? did you watch uh, this one's not in theaters, but did you watch Sensor? Yes, I, well, I actually saw that for Panfest. Oh, nice. Since did you see it yet? No, but I've been hearing dude, good things, dude. It's it was my favorite movie, Panfest. Easy. Easy. Oh damn! You're gonna love it. I loved it. Uh, cool. So I can't wait to talk about it with you when you see it. Um, also, if you ask, uh, Gone Mage, our featured artist, stick around in the end of the episode. You'll hear Dust Merchant, and I hope you visit his stuff or either on on Band on uh, Spotify or GoneMage.BandCamp.com, uh, and also check out his other stuff, Karenier. Like they're and uh, they're all pretty good, man. He he he's got he's Gary Brintz, I'm gonna say his name. He's kind of a fucking genius. Uh, but yeah, I think I think we're done, right? Awesome. All right. So well, we'll see you next time for episode 34. All right, we'll see you guys. Thanks. <laughs>